sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A huge Thursday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. That includes SportsGrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here again on a monumental Thursday. We recap a quadruple header of NBA playoff action when one of the largest upsets we have seen in the history of the postseason in the association. We'll run through all four games to start off this opening hour, and then we dive into the 2023 NFL Draft. It is draft day as tonight in Kansas City. The first round, night number one of the 2023 NFL Draft, kicks off the Carolina Panthers are currently on the clock so much to get to here we bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time live all across the sports grid network we start in the association we had four games last night a quadruple header where three teams on the road all booked as an underdog had an opportunity to come out with a series clinching victory the team from the odds perspective that had the longest opportunity to do so the Miami Heat booked as a 12 point underdog for game number five despite a 3-1 series lead against the Milwaukee Bucks but as the Heat have done all series long they win outright as an underdog to pull up one of the largest upsets we have seen in NBA playoff history. The Heat victorious last night in overtime, 128-126. And what a wild game it was inside the Pfizer Forum. Milwaukee took a 16-point lead into the fourth and final quarter. Miami stormed all the way back. The Heat were down by four with 10 seconds remaining. Gabe Vincent makes a three to cut the deficit to one. Drew Holiday only able to convert on one of his two free throw attempts and then on an alley-oop from near midcourt, Jimmy Butler, who was parallel to the hardwood, throws up a shot. It is answered. It is tied at 118 as we enter overtime. And then Miami put their foot on the gas. The Heat pulling off an upset again winning outright as a 12-point underdog 128-126 the season for Milwaukee ends with one of the largest upsets in an NBA playoff series for just the sixth time in the history of the association in the postseason an eight seed knocks off a number one seed for the first time ever the Heat who emerged out of the Eastern Conference play in tournament become the first ever play-in team to win a play off series in the NBA and Jimmy Butler remains that guy playoff Jimmy is a real thing 42 points for Butler last night well over his points prop of 29 and a half as the Miami Heat advanced the Eastern Conference semifinals and they will take on the New York Knicks as the Knicks go on the road as well and win outright as a five and a half point underdog against the Cleveland Cavaliers. New York this year has been absolutely sensational as an underdog. They are one of two teams in the entirety of the league to have a winning record straight up 
as an underdog, now 23 in 21. Two upsets as a five-point dog or more on the road in the land this series. Game number one and game number five. And for the fifth consecutive time in this opening round series, the total remains under. Cleveland only scoring over 100 points one time. That was game number two, the Cavaliers' only victory in this opening round series. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number one of a huge Thursday, live on the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. A quadruple header last night in playoff basketball. We continue to go around the association. The Lakers were that third team with a 3-1 series advantage, booked as a road underdog last night in game number five with a chance to clinch their opening round series. But unlike New York, unlike Miami, who pulled off a historic upset, the Lakers will head back to L.A., still up by a game in the series, but with Memphis staving off elimination and keeping their season alive. The Grizzlies victorious last night, 116-99. Desmond Bain, John Morant, huge nights for them both. 30-plus point double-doubles as they add in 10 Boards. The Lakers were booked as a four-point underdog. Memphis covers for the first time as a favorite in this series. And then the Northern California contest, a pivotal game five back in Sacramento last night. De'Aaron Fox was able to play, and he was pretty good for the Kings last night. But finally, the Warriors win on the road. A team that was 11-30 away from San Francisco during the regular season picks up a road victory in a crucial spot, 123-116. They were booked as a slight road favorite, laying a point and a half on the road, minus 126 on that money line. Stephen Curry, 31 points, just barely under his points prop of 30 two and a half so golden state wins on the road for their 28th playoff series consecutively and because of that golden state a minus 1100 favorite now to win this opening round series against the kings but it is also draft day in kansas city on this thursday night in about seven or 11 hours or so the opening round will kick off and currently the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Bryce Young, the 2021 Heisman winning quarterback out of Alabama, is now a minus 5,000 favorite to be that first overall selection. And then the draft really begins with Houston picking number two. We'll have a deep dive through the 2023 NFL draft. But first, we look back on one of the biggest upsets in NBA playoff history. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. History last night in the NBA playoffs for just the sixth time in the history of the association in the postseason. A number eight seed upsets a number one seed and in only five games as Miami goes on the road to Milwaukee wins outright in overtime as a 12 point underdog ending the Bucks season. Welcome back to the morning after live right here on this Thursday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens and I hope with that introduction 
I did not sour the mood for our next guest here on the morning after. Rohan Kadi joins us here on TMA. He is the host of the Eurostep podcast, covering the Milwaukee Bucks for Blue Wire Pods. Rohan, I apologize for putting the concept out there. It was one of the most historic upsets. We wish you could join us on better pretenses, but again, at least we're talking history here in the association. Thank you for being here on this Thursday. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I wish I could be here under better, better circumstances. But uh, unfortunately, basketball doesn't work that way. And we, like you mentioned, we had one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. For only the sixth time, an eight seed knocks off a one for the first time in NBA playoff history because we haven't had all that much history with the play in tournaments. But a team from the play in wins a playoff series that's what miami has done a team with a ton of postseason pedigree reaching the eastern conference finals two of the previous three seasons but rohan let's go through this series Giannis injured early on in the opening half of game number one he misses games two and three comes back in game four but a historic performance from jimmy butler 56 points gives miami a 3-1 lead but from the odds perspective rohan entering last night's game number five back inside pfizer forum the Bucks were expected to bounce back. They close as a 12-point favorite. So over the course of four quarters and an extra session, what went wrong for Milwaukee last night? I wouldn't even say it's over the course of four quarters because after three, they were up by over double digits. So it's honestly just the fourth quarter in overtime. And it's honestly a trend that we had seen with this team this entire season is that they could not keep their foot on the gas. They could not close out games. Uh, there were so many times where the Bucks just squandered double-digit leads or just, like, got blown out, and it was it was tough. I remember there was one game against the Raptors where the guy, uh, where the Bucks pulled their guys too early and the Raptors went on a run. They had to bring their starters back in because they couldn't close out the game. It's just an unfortunate trend that we've started to see over the years, and it looked like a team that was shell-shocked. It looked like a team that was scared of the moment because we saw that they were scared of the moment they were in their own heads at the end of the at the end of the game no one it it felt like no one on that team had any confidence that they were going to win that game everyone thought how are we going to blow this how are we going to blow this and that transcended from the arena to the fans to the players themselves and it honestly didn't even shock me They were up by 16, as Rohan mentioned, entering the fourth quarter. They only scored 16 points in that final stanza to enter overtime. A team that did look a little bit confused at times late in a crucial basketball game. So, Rohan, after the game last night, Giannis Antetokounmpo, despite scoring 38 points and having a double-double with 20 rebounds, although he did go 10 of 23 from the charity stripe, was asked after the season now, did he consider 2022-23 a failure? He took exception to that question and explained his side. But, Rohan, I ask you, how would you sum up this entire season for the Milwaukee Bucks? It's I, I would maybe use the word failure. It's a, it's a disappointment of the highest order. It's a season where you enter the playoffs as the overall number one seed, and you have arguably the best player in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo in his prime for a year. Squandering those chances, squandering those opportunities is a failure in my eyes because you only get so many of these years as an organization. There's no guarantee that the Bucks are ever going to have a player as high a caliber as Giannis ever again. It's, it's crazy enough that they've had two like generational talents as a franchise, but who knows if a third is ever going to come. 
So you have to take these years, you have to take every single one of these opportunities incredibly, incredibly seriously. The Bucks didn't. They really didn't. They they had this season where Giannis is going to finish top three in MVP voting. They had this season uh, where you have another all-star in Drew Holiday who forgot who he was in this series. And you just, you, you have these opportunities and you waste them. You, your big trade deadline acquisition is racking up DNP CDs in games. And I guess he played 20 seconds in game five, but it's in, in Jay Crowder, but it's these wasted opportunities that just me, makes me think, yeah, of course the season's a failure. You didn't advance past the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. The NBA's best regular season record for Milwaukee, and they are knocked out by an eight seed in the Miami Heat. Rohan, over the course of these five games in this opening round series, what do you think was the biggest issue that plagued the Bucs maybe outside of Giannis's injury and his absence in game two and three? For me, it was Drew Holiday. It was absolutely Drew Holiday. He had a stellar regular season in terms of offensive efficiency. And even though the last two postseasons that uh, that kind of got thrown out the window. His shooting percentages always fall off a cliff in the postseason. I was thinking, maybe this year's the year. Maybe this year's the year it doesn't happen. And guess what? It happened again. Over the course of his Bucks career, Drew Holiday has a lower playoff true shooting percentage than Eric Bledsoe did for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's that level of offensive efficiency that we're talking about in the postseason. And for a guy in Drew Holiday, who is one of the NBA's premier defenders, he clearly was not bothering Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was winning that matchup. And in game five, where you get a guy like Wesley Matthews back from injury, who's been proven to be a good Jimmy Butler defender, and in that game yeah. was proving himself to be a good Jimmy Butler defender. In the fourth quarter, Drew Holiday is waving off Wes Matthews saying, I got this, I got this, and continued to get burned possession after possession after possession. And so, yeah, outside of Giannis, it's Drew Holiday for me because Chris Middleton, even though he's been the guy who is like, Oh, he's been out a lot of the season. Is he going to be back to the way he was in previous years, like in all-star seasons? He showed up. He showed up. He had 33 points in this game. He he absolutely showed up. Drew Holiday did not. It's not it wasn't it wasn't a big three. It was like a a, a point seven. <laughs> That's never a good summation when you come down to that. Jimmy Butler, a former Marquette Golden Eagle, seems to love Milwaukee. 35 points in game one, 25 in game two, and in the series clinching victory last night, 42 to lead the Heat to this opening round series. So Miami will continue on this postseason. Rohan, it's now the offseason for Milwaukee. What do you think the summer holds for the Bucks as an organization? I think we saw the last last game that Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Mike Budenholzer had as a group. There is no chance that they can come back as a five-man crew after this after this disaster of a postseason. The last time the Bucks lost like uh, in this fashion was against Miami in the bubble in the second round, and after that, the Bucks made a major move. They realized they could not win with Eric Bledsoe. They traded for Drew Holiday. I expect I expect big moves coming this offseason. Uh, general manager John Horst has always shown to be an aggressive guy. He doesn't want to waste any opportunities. And since this one was wasted, this year was wasted, I would not be shocked if we saw a coaching change, if we saw a major roster shakeup, or some combination of the two. Rohan, you mentioned that five-man group together, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, led by head coach Mike Budenholzer. Who do you think is the most likely member of that five-man rotation to not be in Milwaukee next season? 
unfortunately due to contact situations with Drew, Drew and Chris, I think it's I think it's Bud. I think it has to be Bud. And it wasn't a great series for him. It uh it just it he got outclassed by Eric Spolstra, which isn't shocking. Eric Spolstra is one of the best ever. But yeah, uh, it, I think it's gotta be Bud. The change has to come. An NBA championship just two years ago, but an uncertain offseason now for Milwaukee. Rohan Cotty, the host of the Eurostep podcast, covering the Milwaukee Bucks for the Blue Wire Pod Network. Thank you so much for your time here on this Thursday. Rohan, I guess in, enjoy the offseason moving forward. Thank you. Will do. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us here on TMA. A day that is also draft day for the 2023 NFL Draft. Mike Fluitt joins us next to break it all down. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is officially draft day. The first round of the 2023 NFL draft kicks off in less than 11 hours in Kansas City. Night number one, and with pick number one, the Carolina Panthers are officially on the clock. Welcome back to the morning after. Live right here on this draft day Thursday all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens, and now we go live not to Kansas City, but Atlantic City, where Mike Blewett joins us here on TMA, the host of Sports Grid's draft coverage that begins tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Mike Blewett, Joe Lisi, Adam Kaplan will be with you all night long. I will be there as well. We will be in AC together and some insight from Warren Sharp as well to be with you all first round long starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time until midnight blew it as soon as we wrap up here on the morning after we hit the road we're driving straight down to ac i cannot wait to be with you tonight for some great sports grid coverage for the first round of the 2023 nfl draft who needs kansas city when you can be in the lovely shores of new jersey and atlantic city i would show everybody a lovely ocean shot but it washes out the camera but excited obviously to be down here to be with you you can hear the ambiance the music in the background uh, pumping but I'm excited obviously for the draft you and I have spent a lot of time discussing it and preparing for it so now come eight o'clock tonight we just let the picks wash over us and see how everybody did on their pre-draft bets and selecting number one overall the Carolina Panthers in early March the Panthers traded with the Bears for that first overall selection Chicago now picks ninth at number two it's the Houston Texans currently number three also currently the Arizona Cardinals fourth overall the Indianapolis Colts fifth is Seattle at number six it's the Detroit Lions the Raiders select seventh the Atlanta Falcons number eight at number nine there's those Chicago Bears and rounding out the top 10 in tonight's opening round the NFC champion from a season ago the Philadelphia Eagles blew it only 31 picks it should be said in tonight's first round as the Miami Dolphins had to forfeit their first round selection due to the tampering policies that they were in violation of a couple of seasons ago. So, Blewett, as you look at the top 10, as you look at the first round overall, can we expect chaos tonight to start off the 2023 NFL draft? So last year, we saw 10 trades in the first round. Some were, a couple were pre-draft 
trades, but others uh, was pretty fast and furious last year. And I actually do expect that to be the same situation here, simply because regardless of what any one individual thinks of this draft class as a whole, positionally or overall, we are in a situation where outside of those top eight players or so, the grades are start going to get very tight. So I think what you're going to see is teams wanting to maneuver back potentially because they know they're okay with taking either a wide receiver or perhaps a defensive tackle. And other teams might be moving up because they say, you know what, our grades between Jackson Smith and Jigba and Christian Gonzalez are far enough apart that we need to trade up to get one of them. So I do expect a fair amount of trades. Uh, I'd be surprised if we saw less than seven or eight trades in the first round. There have already been two pre-draft trades since the order was yeah. set at the end of the 2022 NFL season. Of course, Carolina moving up to number one. The Packers and the Jets earlier this week swapping first round selections. So speaking of Carolina, with that first overall pick, the Panthers are on the clock. In Blewett, we have seen a ton of movement for the odds to go one of one, even in the last 48 hours or so, whether it was a Reddit post or just other steam out there in NFL draft circles. Will Levis made his way up the board, but now it seems pretty clear. Bryce Young on this Thursday morning to start the 2023 NFL draft is a minus 5,000 odds on favorite to be that first overall selection. So, Blewett, is it just a matter of time now until Bryce Young becomes a Carolina Panther? I believe so. When the trade initially happened, I really did think it was for Bryce. And much information came out about it really being a C.J. Stroud pick. McCown uh, supposedly in love with C.J. Stroud. But I, I think cooler heads have prevailed and the person with the most production in this draft at the quarterback position is going to go number one overall. Uh, I think there's a lot of discussion as to how deep this quarterback class actually is or is not. And Bryce, to me, is the one that makes the most sense from a production and an ability standpoint. Obviously, there are wow factors with some of the other players. And real genuine concerns about Bryce himself, his size, is something to be concerned about. Can he overcome it? People think that his makeup and his mentality and his football intelligence is enough to do it, but it is fair to be concerned about it. He said yesterday, as all of the draft prospects were taking part in festivities in Kansas City, when he was asked by a reporter about those size questions, Bryce said, well, I've been this size for my life relative to the people I was playing against. I can't grow, but I still believe in my ability, as do I. 47 touchdown passes to only seven interceptions when he won the Heisman Trophy in 2021. 32 pass touchdowns to only five interceptions last year in 2022 for Alabama. Blew at the odds movement for that number one overall pick between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud was really fascinating to follow because despite not working out at the Combine in Indianapolis and only measuring at 5'10.5", Young left in as a minus 190 favorite to be that first overall pick about six days later the Chicago Bears trade with Carolina and almost instantly CJ Stroud the quarterback out of Ohio State became the heavy odds-on favorite a minus 300 number to be that first overall pick 
by Carolina. But as the odds indicate, and as they have even grown, minus 5,000 for Bryce Young to be the first overall pick tonight by Carolina. In the modern draft era, this current format of seven rounds dating back to 1994 in the National Football League, this would be the 19th time that a quarterback has gone first overall if Young is the pick tonight for the Panthers. But blew it this week and really all draft season long. The conversation hasn't been so much about the Panthers. It's been about what is going to happen with the second overall pick currently owned by the Houston Texans. And we've seen that first and foremost this week. Over the weekend, Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky, flips to the odds-on favorite to be the second overall pick. Yesterday at this time, it wasn't Will Levis, it was Tyree Wilson who was the favorite to be the second overall pick. And then as of this morning, another change as the edge rusher out of Alabama, Will Anderson at plus 125 is the favorite to go second overall. So Mike Blewett, in all of your NFL draft knowledge, do you have any idea what Houston is going to do with the second overall pick tonight? I do not, but I'll say two things. One about what you previously said uh, at the quarterback position. I think what we've seen now in these last couple of years is that there is so much subterfuge and confusion and rumors regarding the quarterbacks that are going to be taken. If you're a better into the draft, you have seen plus odds on just about all three quarterbacks to be the first guy taken off the board. And I think that is the way to bet this market going forward. You could have done it with the Niners a couple of years ago with the Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones confusion, and now this year. So you could have had plus money on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Will Levis, and you'd still make money on it. I think you could have played it the same way, frankly, for the Texans here at number two. I'll tell you, I have Will Anderson to be the number two pick for the Texans, a wager there at far better odds than they are now. So I just waited to see if there would be movement because he was presumed to be that all along. And then the Tyree Wilson and, as you said, the Will Levis steam came through. So I have money in Will Anderson to be the number two overall pick. I think it is defensive. I don't think they're going to take the quarterback there. So I think it's a matter of Wilson or Anderson uh, I understand the questions regarding both. Anderson, to me, is the safer player. But if you feel like you have yeah. uh, an all a an elite edge rusher in Tyree Wilson, I understand the pick. It's just when you look at the production, I don't think there's any comparison over the last several seasons. The problem for me with Anderson, uh, I shouldn't say yeah. with me, uh, the problem for Anderson's evaluation is that I, I think sometimes he's a little bit miscast as a pure edge rusher, comparing him to T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett and others like that, and that isn't really his game. I think he's a little mm. bit more like Von Miller, potentially mm. Micah Parsons, where he's more versatile, but he's not a straight edge rusher that's going to run over offensive tackles and sack quarterbacks. I don't think that's his role in the NFL, and if they miscast him, then he'll be seen as a disappointment. Well said, Mike Blewett. Well said. Because you see the production there for Will Anderson in 2022. Not gaudy numbers by any means. It's because of how dominant he was in 2021. Should have been a Heisman finalist. He finished with 101 total tackles and 17 and a half sacks. Blewett, he was so good at Alabama that last offseason during fall camp, Nick Saban had to keep him on the sideline because he was wrecking practice and they couldn't instantly all the offense properly he was that dominant and that's at Alabama not a local Juco at Alabama 
we'll continue to talk about the NFL draft in our next segment together. But at number three overall, a change in the odds as well on this morning of draft day. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State, is now the favorite, plus 250, to go third to Arizona. But Blue, the Cardinals don't need a quarterback. Quickly here, do you think Arizona is shopping that number three overall pick? No doubt. I think they're one of the teams to watch in this draft. I think that's when you see, see the trade start to fly. I don't think they need they need players. This roster is depleted after this offseason. I think they need players and they'll trade back. The Cardinals have a win total for 2023 of five and a half and the under has heavy juice. It is the lowest on the board in the entire National Football League. More with Mike Fluid up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I guess you could consider this a football Thursday live right here on the morning after it is draft day in the National Football League the 2023 NFL draft kicks off in just more than 10 hours in Kansas City the Carolina Panthers on the clock with that first overall selection and on this Thursday morning Bryce Young the quarterback out of Alabama is a heavy minus 5,000 odds on favorite to be that first overall pick but if it's a football Thursday that means Mike Blewett is here on the morning after because throughout the NFL season on football Fridays we run the triple option because we believe still in establishing the run but to give you our favorite pick our favorite total our favorite prop for the NFL weekend of action we do the same today Mike Blewett as we get ready for the 2023 NFL draft a team that we think is going to be making some noise a player that might be selected too high in the draft order and maybe one that might fall or slide a little bit too low Mike Blewett you are in Atlantic City where we will be tonight together for our 2023 NFL draft coverage live on SportsGrid you are our guest here on the morning after please start us off with your triple option for the 2023 NFL draft so obviously we're basing this off of the information that we're reading, like many other people, mock drafts and, and reports from uh, beat writers and national reporters. And I think it seems to me like there's two players I really debated here. Hendon Hooker was one, and we can discuss him later. But I went with Christian Gonzalez here, D-back out of Oregon. Three years, he's got a total of 17 passes defensed and four picks, which he did all last year at Oregon. I just have concerns about a player like this who obviously has really good physical traits, but one year of pretty good production at Oregon sliding all the way into the top 10. I think it makes it difficult for me. Sorry, I'm in the middle of a hotel, so uh, I'm going to roll with it. Uh, it. It makes it difficult for me to recommend uh, him going in the top 10, considering how much better I think Devin Witherspoon is from a polished defensive back standpoint. Listen, you do not need to apologize from being at the luxurious Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City, our home for our 2023 NFL Draft coverage live. 
I mean, it's beautiful. That means the atmosphere, even at 9.42 a.m. Eastern time down there on the Jersey Shore. I mean, you can't contain it, ben. I'm not going to lie. I, the ocean air. Blue, that's what the, we hope to have of the draft. tonight. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Blue, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, we need those people around to fill out the crowd behind us in the sports book there at Ocean Casino and Resort for everything on our 2023 NFL draft coverage. Blue, to your point, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon, is a minus 220 favorite to be a top 10 selection. Yet Devin Witherspoon is the favorite to be the first cornerback off the board. Devin Witherspoon should have won the Jim Thorpe Award this past year in college football. You said Christian Gonzalez over three years had 17 passes defended in his Oregon career, right, Blue? I believe so. Yes. Devin Witherspoon had 16 last year as a cornerback right. for Illinois in 2022 in a single season. Well, let's talk about Hendon Hooker because overall the quarterbacks are going to be a huge, huge focus for this 2023 NFL draft. Last year was wonky. Only one quarterback taken. His name, Kenny Pickett, in the 20th overall pick in that first round. It was the latest blew it in this millennium we had ever seen a quarterback selected, the third latest in the history of the modern draft era, dating back to 1994. Blew it this year, we expect many more quarterbacks. So what is your evaluation of Hendon Hooker, the QB out of Tennessee, coming off a torn ACL late in the year for the Volunteers as he looks to take that next step in the National Football League? I think he has a lot of ability, and he had a great season at Tennessee, but he's 25 years old. You mentioned the ACL. Mm -hmm. That Tennessee offense was made to put up big numbers between him and Jalen Hyatt. They obviously were able to do that, but I don't know that it's indicative of being able to take the step at the next, take the step up at the next level. And I would say that it's a, for him to be a first round pick, that means you're looking to take him through this four year deal and then a 50-year option when he'll be 30 years old. What is the path mm -hmm. for Hendon Hooker in an offense that needs to be supportive of him? What does that really look like? Do we really think Hendon Hooker is going to break out in the NFL at age 28? It just seems less likely to me for a first-round grade, and I'd have no yeah. problem with somebody taking him in the second round as a, a, a polished almost like a Desmond Ritter shot that the Falcons took. I know that was a third yeah. rounder, but in the same vein, I just don't really see Hendon Hooker being an elite quarterback at any point in the NFL. He was a Heisman front runner last year, a favorite at a point during the college football season, had the second most efficient passing season in CFB just this past year, but blew it to your point. He is 25. He is coming off a significant knee injury. He is still favored at a minus 145 number to be a first round selection tonight something to keep in mind blue it i am also looking at a quarterback as the person i think is going to go too high in this 2023 nfl draft blue we will be together tonight in ac you will sit alongside joe lisi the mastermind of the college football pigskin he hates will levis more than i do he'll have a much stronger take <laughs> about will levis's ability in the national football league but let me echo what lisi has to say Will Levis is going to be overdrafted. I already know that he is. Somebody is going to reach for him as a top five pick. He's a minus 1,500 favorite to be a top five selection. 
The GM that decides to do that, the front office personnel that makes that decision, are going to be looking for work in about two to three years. Because if you draft Will Levis, you are making a mistake. If you draft Will Levis in front of C.J. Stroud, it will be a mistake that costs you your job in the National Football League for that respective organization. Here are some of the numbers for Will Levis in his stellar senior year at Kentucky when he was supposed to be a Heisman frontrunner. He threw for 2,406 yards. That was 71st out of 131 starting quarterbacks in college football. He had 19 touchdown passes, tied for 50th, 10 interceptions, a QBR of 60.9. That was 59th best in the country, a passer rating of 151.9. That man to his right in C.J. Stroud had the most efficient passing season in college football, a 177.7. In fact, C.J. Stroud had more passing yards, more passing touchdowns. He had 41, in fact, less interceptions, only six. He had a higher completion percentage. He ran for more yards. He had a higher passer rating, of course, and a higher QBR, second best in the country, than Will Levis. I just named seven significant stat categories for a quarterback to perceive his play, all in favor of C.J. Stroud. So again, Blewett, I will say, if you draft Will Levis in front of C.J. Stroud, come join us at the Sports Grid Network and be our NFL analyst, because you are not going to be in a front office in about two to three years. It's fair. Uh, there are things that people are always going to like about guys like Will Levis. Very charismatic. I'm sure he crushed it in interviews. To his credit, he mm. does work really hard in the weight room. He's able to put up numbers, sure. record-breaking weightlifting records throughout his time in college football. Uh, so I'm sure that's what led people to have him graded so high. But I really do think, Ben, this has been a one QB draft all along. I am higher, like you are, on C.J. Stroud than others. But yeah. I just fear that C.J. Stroud may land in a in a bad spot here at a place where he can't be supported well we can root for him i think it's potential that young and stroud are both successful but outside of that i, I just don't yeah. know if i see it blew it i feel like i was taking crazy pills and i don't mean to slander will levis as much as i have over the past couple of weeks and certainly right there in that small rant i didn't think will levis was really in the conversation alongside bryce young in C.J. Stroud. I thought it was a clear one and two. And frankly, I think Young is even a step ahead of Stroud. And then a drop off to the likes of Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and Hendon Hooker. But now that Levis was an odds-on favorite to be the second overall pick, now it seems that Will Levis might get drafted in front of C.J. Stroud. As you saw, his odds better to be a top-five pick than that of Stroud. I feel like I have to defend another quarterback out of Ohio State like I did two drafts ago when Justin Fields was passed on for Zach Wilson, who might ever not ever start another game in the National Football League, and Trey Lance, who is going to be probably behind, at least from indications out of San Francisco, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy a season ago. Blew it a lot of time there spent. Take us through the person you believe is going to get drafted too low in tonight's opening round. I like Kalijah Kansi out of Pitt. I think a really productive player. I, the reason that he'll go uh, now, again, this is according to mock drafts and reports that we're seeing where he's a late first rounder. I thought about John Michael Schmitz here as well, the center out of Minnesota. Ben, I know you'll love that because he's got a Big Ten footprint. Yeah. I, I think yeah. th that's a positional value thing. They don't People will not necessarily look to draft a center in the first round, but I think he could be a great pick. So wherever he goes in the second round, I think will be great value. We'll talk about him more tomorrow. 
Kalijah Kansi, I think, because he's a little shorter, his arms are a little shorter, there's a sense that he can't dominate in the way that some other interior defensive linemen can. But I think he's a great athlete and a productive player. And I just think that his pedigree in college, uh, I'm not saying he's the next Aaron Donald just because he went to Pitt. Uh, and I'm not going to say that period because he's not quite that good. But I do think Kalijah Kansi will be a huge find for someone that gets him in the late first round. Blewett, there will be those natural, though, comparisons. And from an athletic sure. standpoint, Kalijah Kansi dazzled everybody in Indianapolis at the NFL Draft Combine. My name is Big Ten yep. Ben. I also focus on a defensive player along that D-line for the player I believe is going to slide a little bit too low. And if he slides outside of the top ten, I think it makes sense. Lucas Van Ness, the man known as Hercules in Iowa City, right now is plus 270 to be a top ten pick a lot will be said tonight blew it the narrative that Lucas Van Ness never started a game for the Hawkeyes in his two years as a real contributor 27 games played in 2021 and 2022 zero starts but in that two-year span still 13 and a half sacks he is an athletic freak he profiles like a J.J. Watt he is going to be a game breaker in the National Football League. He'll be a first round pick. He might even be a top 15 selection, but it would not shock me, Blewett, if he does fall out of the top 10. And even that, I think, is a bar too low. All right, Blewett, round out your triple option with a team you think might make some noise on this opening night of the 2023 NFL Draft. Well, we married up our teams on this selection. I'm saying the Cardinals because I think they will trade out of that number three, and I think your team is going to match up pretty well with that. I think they just need too many players to stay put, and I think given the fact that they only have uh, – what was the number on it again? They only have eight picks, which is okay, but I think they need yep. so many players. They had a lot of turn roster turnover. They lost Byron Murphy and Zach Allen. I think they need to place, place uh, some offensive linemen as well as uh, some defensive talent. But beyond that, I'll give you one bonus one. The Detroit Please. Lions have five picks in the top 81. I think given the fact that their roster has improved dramatically from a couple of years ago, I think they can use a variety of those picks to really stock defensive talent and be a legit team moving forward. I think it's a really good point, Blue, because you mentioned the team that might be most on the move, and they might partner with the Tennessee Titans. The Titans right now are favored to select a quarterback with their first overall selection. Might they trade from number 11, where they are currently up to third overall with the Arizona Cardinals? Blue it, rest up. I'll see you in AC in about uh, three and a half, four hours. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out this opening hour live on a Thursday on the morning after on SportsGrid, the same way it began. A recap of a historic night in the NBA playoffs, where for just the sixth time in association history in the postseason, an eight seed knocks out a one. The Miami Heat winning in just five games in their opening round series against the NBA's best team in the regular season, 
the Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you for joining us here in this opening hour. Not only NBA playoff action, but it is draft day in the NFL as well. So before we say goodbye for hour one, but quickly hello for hour number two, it is time to hear from you right now in Fade the Public. At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, who wins the NBA's Eastern Conference now? That the league's top seed, the top seed in the Eastern Conference, the NBA's best team with the best regular season record, the Milwaukee Bucks, have been eliminated from the playoffs and their season now in the books. Is it the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, who await the winner of the Celtics and the Hawks opening round series? Is it the New York Knicks? On to the second round for the first time since 2013, or is it the Miami Heat? Right now, most of the public, and it makes sense, backing the Boston Celtics. 50% of the public saying the Seas are going to win the East right now. Boston, the best price we have seen on the Celtics all year long, now into the postseason. Minus 155 to win the Eastern Conference. Philly, the third best price at 3-1. The New York Knicks, 6-1. The Miami Heat, plus 850. We did not include the Atlanta Hawks. We do not mean to say they have no chance. It's just the Celtics are a seven-point favorite on the road tonight in Atlanta with an opportunity to clean, clinch this series. Sorry to all the Hawks fans out there. You also only get four options for a Twitter poll. That does it for hour number one. Hour number two of the morning after live right here on this Thursday is up next following a Sports Grid News update from Andrew Bocci-Galupas.